In many parts of both the U.S. and Canada, there are some treacherous mountain passes that truckers take every day. While most of the time drivers have no problems in these areas, every once in a while disaster strikes, descending these steep grades. This has been highlighted by a crash in Colorado along I-70, in which a truck descending a mountain hit several stopped vehicles, killing four people and injuring more. Listen as we talk to an expert in mountain truck driving as he offers some safety advice so such a crash doesn't happen to you or one of the drivers in your fleet. Welcome to Eyes on the Road presented by PrePass Safety Alliance, the provider of PrePass way station bypass and toll payment services. PrePass also includes informed dashboards for improving safety scores and lowering toll-related costs. I'm Evan Lockridge. Vehicle crashes happen every day. In fact, they're one of the leading causes of death in the U.S. And while official numbers are kept about which crashes involve trucks, it's difficult to impossible to find any information about how many involve trucks losing control on mountain highways. But it's safe to say when trucks are involved in these types of crashes, and factors such as weather or other drivers aren't the cause, the blame often lies at the feet of truck drivers. That's because driving in mountainous terrain involves a whole different set of skills than driving in areas that are decidedly flat. Joining me to talk about what both truck drivers and fleet people need to know about mountain truck driving is Andy Roberts. He's the owner and president of Mountain Transport Institute, located between the mountains of Castlegar, British Columbia, which is a little north of the Washington State and U.S. border with Canada. He spent nearly 20 years as a driver and owner-operator, working in the mountains of the province before opening this licensed driving school 21 years ago. All the school's licensed instructors have at least a decade of truck driving experience, and this school is one of the few in North America to specifically offer mountain truck driver training. Andy, welcome to Eyes on the Road. Thanks, Evan. It's great to be here. Andy, as I just mentioned, your school is one of the few in the U.S. and Canada to offer mountain truck driver training. Tell us about the mountain training, and why do you believe it's so important for drivers to get this special training? It's really interesting. The The behavior of vehicles going up or down steep grades uh, is very, very different from driving across the prairies and places like that. It's important for people to understand um, going uphill really they're operating a piece of equipment and they need to monitor it and, and where their torque and horsepower is. But probably the biggest piece and, and the one that can get most people into into a lot of trouble is the downhill control. Allowing a, a heavily loaded truck to get going too fast so that the engine and the engine brake system can't control it can get you into a heap of trouble very, very quickly. So what are the biggest mistakes you see made by veteran drivers as well as rookies when it comes to truck driving in the mountains? Well, it's a couple of things. I think the veterans tend to get a little bit complacent on some of their vehicle checks. And before they're stopping at the brake checks at the top of the mountain, and they're maybe getting out and stretching their legs and thumping some tires, but they're not necessarily making sure that their brakes are properly adjusted and that everything's working correctly. Most of our vehicles today have automatic slack adjusters, but they're not always reliable. Anything mechanical, they will fail. They will not adjust properly. I've actually seen some that will back brakes off. Probably the biggest single mistake that gets made is people will start down the hill too fast. So one of the big reasons in British Columbia that we have brake checks is to simply get trucks stopped at the top of the hill so that a driver doesn't break off over the top after that long climb to the top and they're picking up gears and they're excited to get moving again. And now all of a sudden they're 
they're facing down a six or eight percent grade and they're already up to 50 miles an hour and they're already got the, their hands full attempting to get that truck slowed down and back under control. And the biggest mistakes you see made by rookie drivers are what? Well, I think rookies is just a lack of experience in a lot of cases. If they haven't had training in the mountains and how to deal with steep grades and what's the appropriate way to go down the hill and keep their vehicle under control, that is probably their biggest issue. And, you know, you can find quite a few people to talk to that had some sort of a hairy experience at some point in time if they weren't trained properly how to do it. And and, uh, maybe they were trying to keep up to a truck that had more holdback than them or that was loaded lighter than them. And and that got them into trouble as well. So having the experience and knowledge to recognize that not every truck is loaded to the same amount of weight, not every truck has the same amount of holdback. So just because you can go down the hill with your truck at safely at 40 miles an hour, I might have to go down at 25 miles an hour. So then what are the keys to descending as well as going up a steep grade safely, for instance, such as vehicle speed, gear selection, and use of the brakes as well as other factors? The braking systems, in, and this isn't just in big trucks. I mean, we see, we see people around here pulling travel trailers. Brakes were never designed to hold a vehicle back going down a long grade. Brakes are there to stop you. Brakes are there to slow you down for a downshift if you pick the wrong gear. But any driver that's relying on their service brakes to hold them back down a grade is taking a risk. How much of a risk will depend on how hard they're pressing on the brakes and how long the hill is. So there's lots of drivers out there that do descend grades using brakes, which is not recommended. But they get away with it in primarily because a lot of the hills are not very long. So before they build up too much heat in the braking system, they're at the bottom of the hill. So using your brakes is going to build heat which is going to make your your brakes unreliable if you, you know, come around a corner and there's a car accident or a rock slide or some need to stop, you're going to have trouble getting stopped. You're taking a risk in that uh, if you overheat them, they're not going to work at all, and now you're not going to be able to maintain control of the vehicle. And, of course, from a, a cost perspective, every time we step on the brake pedal, we're wearing out the brake lining. So, Uh, If you overheat the brakes, you can glaze the lining. If you overheat the brakes, you can actually get things to the point where wheel seals will fail. And and so from a cost perspective, it it gets very expensive. The standard line is you can go down a hill a thousand times, thousands and thousands of times too slow, but only once too fast. So really, it comes back to what is is the value of, of you going home at the end of the day? And that's a, a lot of uh, a lot of the reason behind that, right? So gear selection is always a, a, an interesting question. For a lot of years, the standard line was if you went up the hill in fourth gear, you came down the hill in fourth gear. That's um, a bit of a mixed thing now. We, um, you know, the design of our engines, the horsepower, the amount of holdback we have is greater than what we used to have. So in some cases that's not necessarily going to hold true. In a lot of cases, if I climb one side of a mountain, when I go down the other side, the hill could be steeper or uh, there could be sharper corners that I need to slow down for. So that theory doesn't always prove out uh, anymore. Really, vehicle speed is going to be determined by each individual vehicle. How heavy are you loaded? How much holdback do you have? Uh, Those sorts of things. 
Andy, in the four decades you've been in trucking, there have been advances in technologies such as automated transmissions, automatic slack adjusters, disc brakes replacing drum brakes, just to name a few. Have these and other developments led to too much reliance on technology by drivers when they're driving in the mountains? I don't know if it's a mountain-specific thing. I really like the technology, like automated transmissions, automatic slack adjusters if they're maintained properly, disc brakes. I have a, I have a couple of vehicles in my training fleet that, that have disc brakes. The technology is amazing. One of the downsides I see is particularly with the automated transmissions. And I, I just feel that as much as the, they make the truck very easy to drive, I think that that also is allowing people into the industry that don't necessarily get enough training up front on how to manage a heavily loaded vehicle. A lot of these people get into the trucks and they look at them like it's their pickup truck or their car. It's an automatic transmission and they push drive and they put their foot to the floor and away they go. And they haven't been taught how to plan ahead. A good professional driver is always planning. They're planning their turns. They're planning their route. They're planning uh, their brakes. They're planning how what gear they need to descend a grade. That, that whole mentality of thinking farther ahead and being a planning driver versus a reactionary driver that a car driver is doesn't have to happen with the person with the automated transmission. So they're just driving along like it's their car and they tend to get themselves into more trouble than I think the person that learned on a non-synchronized transmission and has a better appreciation for what it takes to manage that heavily loaded vehicle. In some cases, I don't know if people are relying on it more, but I think in some cases it may be just creating a comfort level with some of the newer drivers that maybe they need to be a little more concerned about what's going on around them. And, and I'm not quite sure how we get that message across to people. What are a couple of things students who have come in to take your mountain truck driver training course have found out about driving along steep grades? For people that have never experienced the mountains, one of the biggest things is for them is how different it is to shift the non-synchronized transmission going up a hill or going down a hill. Where they get themselves into trouble if they don't have that training is when they're going down a hill and they decide to make a shift. If they haven't been trained on how different that shift is. So if I'm going to shift to a higher gear, I have to shift more quickly than I would on level ground. If I have to shift to a lower gear, I need to slow my vehicle down more than I would have to on level ground in order, because I need extra RPM, because while I'm making that shift, the vehicle is accelerating. So in order to synchronize that next gear, whether it's higher or lower, the pace of my shift, the amount of RPM differential is different. It's not because anybody's stupid, it's they've never thought about, they've never experienced it. And so a lot of times the people we bring in, those are the sorts of things that we have to give them instruction on so that before they take it out of gear, they're prepared for what's going to occur, right? If I'm climbing a grade, as I take it out of gear, the, the whole time I'm in neutral, that vehicle's going to be slowing down. So that's going to change how that shift works. And more importantly, when I'm going down a grade, when I take the transmission out of gear, it's immediately going to accelerate and it's going to continue to accelerate until I get it back into gear again. 
And in some cases, that's one of the situations that gets people into a lot of trouble. For truck drivers, Andy, who would like to attend your mountain training but aren't able to, what advice do you have for them when it comes to mountain driving? I think the number one thing is choice of gear. And and whether you're driving a stick or you're driving an automated transmission, if you're going to start descending grades with an automated transmission, in my opinion, you need to put it into the hold mode so that it's not allowed to just upshift on its own. Understanding where your engine brake is most effective. So the first thing is, is when the engine brake is operating, we're not burning any fuel. So if you're worried about fuel economy, if your engine brake's on, you're not burning any, it's a free ride. Engine brake works better at higher RPM. So when we activate that engine brake, basically we're taking that engine, instead of the engine driving the vehicle, the engine becomes an air compressor. So the vehicle now is the rear wheels on the vehicle are driving driving that air compressor. So the higher the RPM we're at, the more holdback we have. So typically you're going to want to, with most diesel engines, you're going to want to hold back in the 18 to 2000 range. You're not going to want to go above 2100. So it's choosing that gear that's going to allow you to descend the grade without the use of service brakes and without over revving the engine. If you start off the top of the hill and you're not sure what gear you want to be in, then if you think you can go down, say, in fifth gear, maybe we should start in fourth because it's easier to pick up a gear if we're going too slow than it is to drop a gear if we're if we're a gear too high. And as you descend the grade, we're going to keep an eye on the tack. So if you're holding back on, on the engine brake at 18 to 2,000 RPM, then you're sort of in the optimum range. And you know what? Just keep an eye on your mirrors. Uh, depending what jurisdiction you're in, in British Columbia, if we're running... Uh, 40 kilometers an hour or more below the speed limit, then we put our four-way flashers on. That's illegal in some jurisdictions, so so make sure you know the rules. Uh, To warn people of our slower descent speed, we're going to monitor oil pressure, water temperature, keep an eye on the mirrors for, for some of the crazy motorists out there and what's going on, and just enjoy the ride to the bottom of the hill. If you find you've chosen a gear and the engine is wanting to over rev, so it's wanting to go beyond 2100, do not shift up because that's just going to make it worse. At that point, you need to make a brake application, probably bring it all the way down to a thousand RPM or less and make a downshift to a lower gear. So with an automated transmission, that's just the push of a button. With a stick, it is a much more complex shift to make because the truck's going to accelerate. If you're not confident with that downshift, then maybe you pull to the shoulder, make a single application, get the truck stopped, start off again and so that you're in a lower gear and you've got it under control. That's one of the big, biggest pieces that, uh, you know, get people into trouble. The, 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 the engine starts to over rev uh, and they panic and they shift to a higher gear. Well, now you're, you're relying on gear reduction to keep it under control. So once you go to the higher gear, it's just going to accelerate faster. And, and now you've got your hands full right away. What can fleets do to help make sure their drivers are up to the challenge of driving in mountainous areas, Andy? Well, the most obvious thing is training. Um, when you're hiring drivers, obviously, um, we're getting resumes and, and copies of driving records, phone the former employers, find out where did they run, how much mountain experience do they actually have. You know, you can question a driver and get a, a reasonable understanding as to whether they know what they're doing or not. But really, training is the best. Um, taking new drivers and sending them out with a coach mentor, 
to learn how to cross borders or run in mountains or any of those sorts of things is obviously key to the success of your business. A hypothetical question for you, Andy. Let's say a trucker is coming down a steep grade. They don't have a lot of experience uh, in driving in mountainous areas or have a lot of training over it, uh, but they notice things are not going the way they should be for whatever reason. Are there emergency steps they can take to prevent disaster? That really comes back to what what's going wrong, right? Um, typically, our air brake system is is set up to be foolproof because if we lose all our air, then our spring parking brake system or emergency braking system will activate. That system was only as good as your brake adjustment. So if your brakes are out of adjustment with service brakes, your brakes are out of adjustment with your spring brakes. So if it's literally a loss of air pressure and the brakes are properly adjusted and the drums aren't hot, when the spring brake system comes on, that's going to gradually slow your vehicle down and, and you should be able to get to a stop. If your brakes are overheated, you know, it's usually more than one issue. So typically brakes are already borderline out of adjustment. Then the driver uses them too much. The drums heat up and basically we're starting to lose our brakes. So you're pushing on the pedal, you're getting brake fade and, and it feels in the pedal like the brakes are, are going away. You're in trouble at that point. So number one is if you have enough brake left, it's just to stop. And if you don't, then you need to be looking for an, a runaway lane or an arrestor bed or some other means to get your vehicle stopped. If you've got smoke coming off of your brakes, tractor brakes, trailer brakes, then then you're in trouble at that point. And uh, I think we're all going to be happier to see you up a runaway lane and needing a tow truck to get out of an arrestor bed and get some work done on the truck than we're going to to see you laying on the side or running people over and killing them. So the the biggest thing is recognizing when, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the vehicle cannot can no longer be safely controlled and getting it into a runaway lane or an arrestor bed. Um, and that's, that's the most important thing to do. That is Andy Roberts, president and owner of Mountain Training Institute in British Columbia. Andy, some great safety information. Thank you very much. It's been great talking to you today, Evan, and hopefully that helps out your listeners. And you can learn more about the Mountain Truck Driver Training Course offered by Mountain Transport Institute by visiting their website. It's drivemti.com. That's drivemti.com. And while you're online, visit the PrePass website at prepass.com and check out the blog and resources library to read more about some of the latest trucking industry issues. While you're there, you can subscribe to this podcast or listen to previous installments. You can also listen to Eyes on the Road through your favorite podcast service, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. If you're into social media, you can keep up with PrePass on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, if you've got a comment, question, or topic suggestion for this podcast, shoot us an email at podcast at prepass.com. This has been Eyes on the Road, presented by Prepass Safety Alliance, the provider of Prepass Way Station Bypass and Toll Payment Services. Prepass also includes informed dashboards for improving safety scores and lowering toll-related costs. I'm Evan Lockridge. Thank you for listening, and remember to keep your eyes on the road.